coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me today for our Week 2 Picks of the Week episode is my co-host Charlie, who's sitting here mocking me right now. She's actually mouthing what I'm saying. It's really throwing me off, by the way, Charlie. I just know exactly what you're going to say, and so do all of the listeners. Yeah, well, every time I try to deviate from it, I get feedback saying, what are you doing, man? That's kind of like your trademark, so I stick with it. I know, so I get to mock you every time. That's nothing new with my life, so fair enough. But look, Charlie, I've got... I've got some good news for you today, but I've also got some bad news for you to open the show. So I'm going to give you the option, which one do you want first, the good news or the bad news? We'll go with good news first. Of course you would. All right, well, good news for you, at least, is that after week one, believe it or not, Charlie, believe it or not, you might find this unbelievable, you are in the lead of both our straight up and our against the spread picks after one week. Shocking. Congratulations. I didn't know that. I mean, this is what we talked about last week in the first picks episode where we talked about how you ended the season last year on this run where you almost marched all the way back under impossible circumstances when you were so far back. I'm just kidding. No, you weren't that far back. But you marched back. You had some momentum in the season. And yeah, it looks like you're carrying it forward into this season. So I got to give you some props there. You took me down. You took our man Josh down. So you went six and three straight up, and you also went five and four against the spread. Our guest picker, Josh, who was kind enough to join us to open the season, had to be Josh on that episode. He went five and four straight up and four and five against the spread. And I went five and four both straight up and against the spread. So Charlie, that means that at least for one week, you are at the top of the leaderboard in both our straight up and against the spread picks. So you get to live it up for at least another week. And who knows? You might be able to carry this all the way through. This is probably the only time this will ever happen. Oh, no. Give yourself some credit. You really, like, you, I know it's two different seasons, but you've been on a run going back to the end of last season and starting off this season, so I got to give you credit. Whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep doing it. But you ready for the bad news? Sure. Okay. The bad news is that even though you won last week, you started off in the lead, you and I both have some very embarrassing picks to own. You know we have to do this, guys. If you're new to the show... Uh, on each week's episode, our Picks of the Week episode, we've got to own the bad picks from the week before, and there's usually at least one or two because, hey, you know, it's college football. Crazy things happen. So, Charlie, I I have to say, you're in the lead. Awesome. Props to you. But your lock of the week might have ended up being the biggest upset of the weekend as Mike Leach's Bizarro Dogs went into Death Valley and upset the, the defending national champions on their home field in... What was it you said about Mike Leach's air raid offense last week? I can't quite remember what you said. Can you help me remember what it was? I said it wasn't ready, but clearly I, think I so was about wrong. His air raid offense wasn't ready for takeoff. Is, does that ring a bell? I think it's something like that. Maybe. I don't Maybe. Remember. Well, I mean, did you see the passing yards totals? I did. It was impressive. Hey, I'm happy for him. Yeah. Good for them. No, I, I, it gonna, was great. It was awesome. I'm going to hop on the Mike Leach Mississippi State bandwagon. The actual bandwagon that he has apparently procured somehow. I don't know. Where do you even find a bandwagon? Like an actual bandwagon sure, these days? I, you can get that made in I a day. 
I guess you could. I don't know. Or maybe he's like, maybe they were preparing. They, they knew they were going to be LSU. So he's been looking for an actual bandwagon for months trying to get ready for that one little video. He probably has. If you guys missed that, they had a, a video, I think maybe Monday or Tuesday, of Mike Leach coming out in the stadium on an actual bandwagon. He like very awkwardly points at people and says like, join us now or whatever. He says little pirate flags everywhere. Fun stuff. Mike Leach is good they for college football. They should just be the pirates from now on. They really should. Like, change your name. Yeah. Like, Bizarro dogs, that's what we call them here on this show, but no, no. We already have a bulldog. We already I like have a bulldog a mascot. I can get down with the pirates. Not, I, Seton Hall in college basketball. I don't know if there were any pirate. Uh, East Carolina, East Carolina. But have no fear, Charlie. You are not alone. I'm right there with you when it comes to making embarrassing picks in week one because, oh yeah, I was also the guy who picked Florida State to cover against Miami. But, oh, you know, they only lost by 42 points. So that one didn't quite hit. Sorry if I convinced anyone to take that pick. Nothing to see there. Um, And so that was a horrible one for me. And then you and I both went really bold last week out of the gates with two upset specials in week one to kick off SEC play. And we missed on both of them with Kentucky losing to Auburn and South Carolina losing to Tennessee. Although I will say in our defense, Kentucky beat Auburn everywhere but on the scoreboard last week just it was kind of a combination of really unfortunate and inopportune horrible calls and turnovers uh and charlie i got you watched that game am i crazy or, or did you not think kentucky might actually win that game for most of the first half i thought they were gonna win i mean they looked good coming out of the game they, they, they were controlling that first half and then right before the half they throw an interception from like the half yard line and that was all downhill from there and in the carolina game you know they, they were in in the game all the way with ut until the end. And actually, they got to stop with over a minute left. They were down by four with, with some momentum. But the punt hits a Gamecock player who was blocking on the punt return. And Tennessee recovers, sneaks out of williams Bryce with a W. So close on both those potential upset special picks, but no cigar in week one. So that was rough. But I did get one pick right. There was one saving grace for me last week. And that was the game that we were all focused on, the Georgia game. I picked us to come in with a late backdoor cover with a score of 38 to 10, and that's pretty much what happened. We ended up winning the game 37 to 10, getting that late backdoor cover, and I would be lying to you guys if I said I wasn't sitting there on that last scoring drive, just hoping to God that we would get that last field goal and get that cover because I needed some sort of redemption last week. So one small silver lining in my week was that I did nail the Georgia game, but not much more besides that. But you guys know, week one's always tough. You got to admit it. It's tough in week one because it's kind of a crapshoot. You think you know, but you don't really know until you see these teams on the field. So now we know, sort of, sort of. But Charlie, again, congratulations to you on your week one well-deserved win, but just don't get used to it because I'm feeling a 9-0 and week coming on. I'm feeling it. I've seen these teams now. So I am getting after it this week. But our guest host this week might actually have something to say about that. We tried to get the week one winner of our Pick'em League on the show today. That was the original idea. And we still plan on doing that the rest of the season. But we had some trouble getting a hold of our week one winner. But still a big shout out to Christian6621 for being Maybe the only person in America that saw the K-State-Oklahoma upset coming. I definitely didn't see that happening. I actually had Oklahoma beating Kansas State as the game I was most confident in last week in our confidence pool. So yeah, obviously missed that one, but Christian was on it. So Christian, if you are listening, 
Hit us up on Twitter, and we will try to work you into the show another time this season. But for the rest of you out there in our league, keep making your picks. And if you win this week's picks, reach out to us on Twitter. We're going to give you a shout out, but reach out to us on Twitter at glory underscore UGA. Or if you're not on social media, you can email us at gloryugapodcast at gmail.com so we can get your information and get you on the show next week. But our guest picker this week is another longtime listener and supporter of our podcast. He was one of the first listeners that we had on last year. He rocked out. Charlie brought up, and we were looking for a fill-in for today's episode. And she was like, Alexander, he's the he's the choice. So we reached out to him, fill in on short notice, and we are very grateful that he agreed to do so. So let's welcome in another good friend of the podcast, Mr. Alexander Pierre. Welcome back, Alexander. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be back on, and I'm just fortunate that we have college football. I was I was like you, man. I was nervous there for a couple of months, so I'm just excited to have games to pick. You and I are on the same page with that, man. I, at this point, like it, it, it's certainly not the exact same. Like you, you can watch games. You see, there's the stands are 25% full, but I just don't care. I'm just so glad I'm with you, man. I'm so glad we have college football because there was a minute there where uh, my life was kind of flashing in front of my eyes. I didn't know if it was going to happen, so. Definitely glad it's back for sure. But Charlie is here and she is going to lead the charge through our week two picks of the week. So Charlie, I'm turning things over to you. All right. Let's start with an SEC East matchup with the Gamecocks heading south to Gainesville to take on the Gators. Everyone is raving about the Florida offense and their 600 yards last weekend, but their defense also allowed 600 yards. (laughs) Yikes. Yikes. I don't want to make this pick, but I'm picking Florida to win and cover this week, and the spread is set at 17 and a half right now. Alexander, what's your pick? I agree with you. I'm picking Florida to win and cover as well. Um, I In college football, the saying is you see the biggest um, improvements between weeks one and week two, and Florida's defense looked horrendous. I think generally speaking across college football, we saw really sloppy play. And I know they have the defensive talent, obviously, with a uh, Todd Grantham-led defense. Typically, uh, I expect improvement. And that offense, unfortunately, I, I think they're legit. Uh, I see them winning and covering. South Carolina did, did not look impressive last week. The new starting quarterback, uh, the grad transfer, really didn't do it for me. I think Florida wins and wins big at home. All right. Tyler? Yeah, you guys, you're, you're nailing this here. Like, look, yeah, we all know how dynamic Florida's offense looked. They did, man. They looked really good in week one. They set records last week. I mean, most yards in Florida history in a single game. I mean, right now, let's just go ahead and give Kyle Trask the Heisman, right? But but as Charlie was saying, shh, don't tell anyone. But they also gave up 613 yards to Ole Miss. We're just not allowed to say that, apparently, when, you, when you're listening to the national media. We're only allowed to throw out positive vibes to Florida. It's all about their offense. That defense was bad. And you're right, Alexander. They, they, they have better players than that. Like, they have good enough players to not give up 600-plus yards to Ole Miss. I mean, I know Ole Miss, you, you, you've, got, you've got some good playmakers out wide there. You've got a good running back in Jerry on Ely. And Lane Kibben's a great play caller, great offensive mind. But come on, 600-plus yards, that's, that's ridiculous. They've got to get that fixed pretty quickly here. But in all seriousness, this, this is a good team. Like, I'm not sitting here trying to bash for it, saying they're not good. I'm not trying to dismiss the ball. They are a good team. But – I also don't want to overreact to one game um, because even if the Ole Miss defense is as bad as they were last year, like 120th nationally in pass defense, by the way, last year, guys, like 642 yards, that's still a lot of yards for Florida to put up on anyone. Like 
like Florida wasn't doing that against bad defenses last year, but they did it in week one. So there's a lot of playmakers on that offense. This is a good unit for sure. But I will say South Carolina, South Carolina is not Ole Miss. They're not. I mean, defensively, they are a lot better than Ole Miss. But on the flip side, you can also say that South Carolina is not Ole Miss offensively. Uh, and Florida's offense, even though there's going to be a, a, more of a more of a pushback from the South Carolina defense than there was against Ole Miss, they're still going to put up points. They're going to put up yards. I don't think it'll be 600. But uh, look, I'm, I'm very – I've gone back and forth on this one because I think South Carolina's defense is good enough to – hold Florida's offense relatively in check. And like with one week, all we had to work off of, like, is that the real Florida offense? Is that what they're going to be week in and week out? Or was that just the crazy anomaly week one? And and then they'll kind of come back down to earth. It's just tough to know right now. I, I do have some respect for Mike. I have a lot of respect for Mike Bobo, but I just, I don't know if Carolina has enough playmakers offensively right now. I'm with you. Colin Hill looked, he was better than what Helensky was last year, but he, he certainly wasn't an inspiring quarterback. They have no one at running back right now. Shai Smith's really all they have at receiver. And Bobo did a good job of moving him around in week one against Tennessee. But, like, they, they didn't even manage but 400, 400 total yards of offense. So, I and I honestly think that Florida has more talent defensively than Tennessee does, even despite the horrible performance in week one against Ole Miss. So, I'm with you guys here. Florida wins this one, and I think I'm also going to take the Gators to cover. All right, staying in the SEC for right now, Tennessee is at home this weekend hosting the Missouri Tigers. The Vols pulled out a win last weekend at Carolina, and they're an 11.5-point favorite on Saturday. I don't want to make this pick either, guys. I really don't. But Tennessee to win and cover. So you're telling me you're going with your head over your heart. For the first time. Which is what you're supposed to do. I, I I, I have a hard time with that too myself. But, yeah, Tennessee will win and cover. Alexander, what's your pick for this weekend? I This is an ugly one as well. I, I don't really know about this one, so I'm not super confident. I have Tennessee winning but not covering. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, with, the, with the Kate Mays news if he's going to be an instant starter or not. But regardless, both teams looked kind of sloppy last week. I, obviously, Missouri got blasted. Uh, by Alabama, but Tennessee, they didn't look all that inspiring um, against South Carolina. They won, obviously, but nothing that makes nothing that projects really well to me, so it's a hard game to, to pick. I think Tennessee wins 27-20, maybe 28-21, somewhere around there, so win but not cover. I, I will never believe in Jared Garantano. Last year, he had 400 yards passing against Mizzou, but I, I don't believe I don't believe in him and until I see him actually win a, de- a game against a, a competent opponent. So uh, I think they win. It'll be kind of an ugly game, uh, but I don't think they cover. All right, Tyler? Yeah, you and I are on the same page when it comes to Jared Guarantano, Alexander, for sure. I, I think he's a talented guy. He has some talent. He can make some throws, but he's just too inconsistent for me. I, I, and the Kind of the theme of this entire week with all the episodes we produced – what we keep saying over and over again is small sample size, right? That's all we have to work off of is a very small sample size, but that's what we've got. So that's what we're going to go with. But based off that one game against South Carolina, what I saw from Tennessee, I see a team that's about what they were the second half of last season, where they made some strides at the end of last year, but I don't know if they've made more strides going into 2020. The offensive line still has issues. Cade Mays getting his waiver approved certainly helps them there. We'll see if he's, he's ready to play and be inserted in that lineup, which I think he will because that line needs some help. 
Um, although I will say Mays, like, he's one of those guys. He was good for us. I think he was better as a freshman, but he was average to bad for us down the stretch last season. There was no game last four games of the year that he had a grade above 62, according to Pro Football Focus. And so he had one game at 62. The other three were below 60. Well, it, it's interesting because a lot of – I mean, obviously, anytime five-star player transfers, it's a huge deal, right? Um, but – I look at, I agree with you. Look at the second half of last season. He wasn't that impressive. The Sugar Bowl, he got abused. I'm not sure if he had one foot out of the door or what was going on, but he did not look good at tackle. I think if he does get drafted, I think he will, but he's definitely an interior lineman because I wouldn't leave him out there on the island at tackle. That is just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. He's, he's a guy who's the five-star prospect. He he decides to to transfer and he goes back home to the state of Tennessee. So there's some going to be some hype there in Tennessee. They just so desperately need offensive linemen. Of course, they're going to make a huge deal out of this. But the fact is, I mean, just go look at the grades, guys. Go look at the grades and go watch the tapes. See how this guy played, especially down the stretch. You, you mentioned the Sugar Bowl, Alexander. You're right. That game, he was complete trash in that game. And you, I don't know what the issue was. He certainly was not the same player that he had been in the past. I, I don't know if that's who he is, but that's who he was in that game. And that's kind of how he played down the entire stretch of last season. So we'll see how much of an impact that has on line. I do think it'll help them because the guys who he'll be replacing are just – they're actually worse than him. Their, their offensive line play. For all the five stars, I saw something on Twitter where it's like their entire offensive line with Trey Smith and the two five stars from last year and Cade Mays. It's nothing but four and five stars, yet they play like trash on the field. I, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, you're exactly right. They have all these guys. Like I get the hype because all these guys are highly rated, but when you put them on the field, the production's – just not there. And we mentioned Jared Guarantano. Like, he is what he is at this point. He can make some plays, but he's a, he makes some terrible decisions. He'll miss some wide-open receivers. It looks like Josh Palmer is going to be their number one wide receiver, but I don't see a ton of playmakers outside of him right now. In Missouri, they were actually like – yes, Guarantano put up 400 yards passing on them. Missouri had a chance to win that. Tennessee was controlling the game, but Missouri still had a chance to win. I think Missouri's going to be better at quarterback. I think they're better on offense overall. I really like this Missouri defense. I, I just don't have enough faith in Sean Robinson at quarterback, though, to, to call for the outright upset. But I do feel good enough about the Tigers here, especially that defense, to go ahead and take the points, the whole Tennessee, and check enough offensively. So give me Tennessee to win, but I'll take Missouri to cover. And, Charlie, before we get on to our next game, I want to remind our listeners out there about my bookie. We are doing our best to break down the biggest games of the week for you today, trying to give you everything you need to make some serious cash this weekend. And there's no better place to get your winning season started than my bookie. Winning season at my bookie means doubling your first deposit. Winning season also means watching live sports and betting on live sports at the same time. College football is back. The NFL is back. Major League Baseball is entering the postseason. The Masters is just a couple of months away. There really is no better time than now to start your winning season at MyBookie. And to get in on the action, use promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. If you're a new player, you can get all the way up to $1,000 in free play. So bet with the best this football season for your chance to win big. All you got to do is use promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. All right, next game on the list is TCU at Texas. Texas is back, right? Um, I sure. Mean, I mean, we've been hearing we say this that, like every other week. We've been hearing that for years. Texas has done pretty well so far this year in their first two games, and the Longhorns are favored by 12 at home. 
I'm going with Texas to win, but TCU to cover. Alexander, what's your pick? I'm in the same boat, and it's really interesting, right? Uh, TCU, I believe they lost their first game, and they didn't look super great. It was a high-scoring game. And then Texas, they won, but that was an Atlanta Falcons-level disaster, like the collapse for them to win that game last week. Um, and Texas, frankly, should just lost that game. Um, both defenses are bad. Which is, um, which is part of the course for Big 12 football. Um, I expect, uh, I do expect Texas to win, but not cover. Uh, form, interesting thing about TCU is a uh, former Georgia um, walk-on QB, Matthew Downing, was their starting quarterback last week. And he actually got benched for Max Duggan, who kind of gave him a spark in the second half, um, despite the loss. So I expect a high-scoring game, uh, but Texas to win. I'm thinking, honestly, 45, 38, something like that. All right. Tyler? Yeah, look, I, I'm with you guys here, but I, I so badly want to call for the outright upset here with TCU as a 12-point dog. I really, really want to call for a big upset here. And, and I picked against TCU last week as, as my lock of the week. I actually had Iowa State over TCU as my lock of the week. I nailed it, but barely, because as, as you mentioned, Alexander, Matthew Downing, like he was the reason I, I, I picked against TCU as my lock of the week, because I just didn't have faith in him to come out there and play at a high level. And he played fine, honestly, in the first half. But Max Duggan, who was the starter last year, got inserted at halftime. He came in relief, and he, he nearly led that comeback. And, and Duggan's an interesting guy. He was basically, as a true freshman last year, was purely a runner and a li- very much a liability as a passer. But he put up 241 yards, three touchdowns against Iowa State in one half of play. He looked like a different quarterback. And this Texas defense, man, like I know we've had our issues offensively. We can't seem to get that right. But we haven't been as bad as that Texas defense. They just cannot get that side of the ball right. They fire their coordinator, bring in a new guy, and I, I, they bring in Chris Ash. And, like, I know it's early, but they just are still having issues on that side of the ball. You're right, Alexander. It took a miracle for them to come back and beat Texas Tech last week. I actually watched the, the end of that game. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this going to happen? And, yeah, it did happen. But they also, in the process of winning that game, gave up the most points they'd ever given to Texas Tech in the history of that rivalry. And I have a lot of respect for Gary Patterson at TCU as a defensive-minded guy. They are certainly out-talented by Texas. But with what Gary Patterson does defensively, they get athletes on the field. Like the nickel, almost the dime has become their base. They have athletes on the field. If Max Duggan can do what he did last week in that second half and be a true dual threat guy, run and pass guy for the Frogs, then they have a chance to, to really push Texas here. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Frogs and the points to, to cover here, but I'm still going to take the Horns to win. I'm, I'm, there's part of me that thinks that last week got their attention. They're going to come out trying to get back on track. So Horns to win, but Frogs to cover. All right. Moving back to the SEC and going to the Western Division. We all thought this would be a big game in the West coming into this season, and I still think it can be. I'm talking about Texas A&M at number two. Bama. You really think this could be a big game? I think it could be. Okay. Well, I mean, hey, you won. You won last week. You won the pick, so I defer to you. A&M looked atrocious last week, but we looked really bad offensively too, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. But I think they're going to come back big this weekend and give Bama a run for their money. I don't all think right. they're going to win, but I am going to pick them to cover. All right. Let's so, go with it. That's just Let's my roll. pick. You don't have to listen to no, me. No, I like it. I, I like wouldn't it. put money on it, probably. Yeah, I would but... put money on this one, yeah. <laughs> but, Alexander, what's your pick? I I respectfully disagree. I think this is going to get ugly early. 
I mean, Texas A&M, I watched, didn't watch the whole game. I watched large portions of it. They looked lethargic offensively. Kellen Mond, I think he's been there for a decade and hasn't progressed since a freshman. I don't see it. I see Alabama winning this game. I, I see them covering it. I think it's going to be honestly close to the type of score that we saw uh, against, that we had against Arkansas, like 38 14, somewhere around there. The thing is, Texas A&M has a very talented defense, but their offense just isn't good. Mond can't complete the passes. Their offensive line looked shaky. And I think Alabama at home, uh, their home opener, I think they're going to come in fired up. Last week, Alabama looked like one of the few top teams that looked uh, just fundamentally sound, didn't get the penalties. Their offense was just humming from – the moment that, from the moment the game started, I think it's going to get ugly. Honestly, I, I think Bama wins and covers. All right, Tyler. Alexander, I really think you could be right here, man. I think it could get really ugly, and I and I will. I, I don't want to kill a Charlie here. It's she, okay. No, you care. hey, you, you beat me last week, so who am I to say anything? But I I actually considered when I was first looking at this game earlier in the week, I considered taking when I saw that seventeen and a half. Really, the hook is what got me. That the hook that that half point. I really considered taking a and I was like, you know what? They, they can't be that bad, right? And maybe last week got their attention. They come out with a great week of practice. But I went back and watched a little bit more of that game last week against Vanderbilt. And also watched a little bit more of the Missouri-Alabama game. And again, small sample size. That's the theme here. But off that small sample size, there is no way in hell they're going to compete with Alabama. And I could be very wrong here. I've been wrong before. I was wrong last week. I was the guy who had Florida State to cover. And they lost 50, what, 51 to 10, 52 to something, something crazy like that. And uh, so I've been wrong. But I just, I'm not seeing this here. Alexander, lethargic is the perfect word to describe what I watched from Texas A&M. They just look like they were disinterested. Like they just, like, were just going through the motions. And maybe that had to do with the fact they're playing Vanderbilt. I don't know, but it was not a good look. They got to fix that quick. Um, so look, I, 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 I was high on, on AM most of the offseason, but it, really what it was for them, it was a combination of injuries and opt-outs with key players that kind of caused me to cool on them as the offseason ended and we got into the season. But, man, AM, I, I think they're going to play better. I think they're going to play better. I don't think they're going to play nearly as poorly as they did against Vanderbilt, but I just don't think they have the offensive firepower to score with Alabama. AM is good defensively. They're pretty good defensively, but – Alabama's going to put up points, man. I don't care. You know, Buddy Johnson's a good linebacker. Leon, Leon O'Neal's a talented safety. But Bama's going to put up points. And I just don't see how AM keeps track with Alabama right now. Um, I just don't I don't see it. I don't see it. So I don't, I'm trying not to overreact too much to week one. But that's what we have to work off of. So give me Bama and the points to cover as well. All right. Kansas State is coming off of a big win last weekend and may still be living on that high. If so, I don't think they'll be able to pull out another win this weekend. Texas Tech is Texas Tech, excuse me, is coming off an emotional loss after coming within a touchdown of Texas. And I really think this game is more of a pick'em since Kansas is only favored by a field goal. So I'm picking Kansas State to win and Texas Tech to cover. Alexander. This is a tough one. I mean, yeah, two and a half. That's I think you kind of it is essentially a pick 'em, right? I mean, you, uh, I, I have uh, I have Texas Tech, I have Texas Tech winning outright. Honestly, I don't feel comfortable. I feel like my confidence level would be at a one because I don't really know what to do. Because you have you know 
a uh, a close win and a close loss, a heartbreaking loss. So I think Texas Tech will come out fired up. Their offense looked great last week. I, I think they'll win, and that, that's it. I don't really have much analysis on it. I, I don't feel super confident, but I think Texas Tech wins. All right. Tyler? I, I, I'm with you. I, I really do not know where to go with this one. Both teams look shaky in week one. Kansas State lost to a Sunbelt team. Texas Tech won. They beat Houston Baptist, but they beat Houston Baptist, I think, by two. Either It was either two or three points. Man, like, rough start for both these teams. And K-State's kind of confusing me. They, obviously, they bounced back. They beat Oklahoma last week, beat a top-five team. Wow, awesome, good for them. Almost didn't believe it. But they're kind of confusing me in what they're doing offensively. Because traditionally, they've had this power rushing attack with big physical quarterbacks like, like Colin Klein years ago. And Skylar Thompson was that guy from the past couple of years. But through two weeks, he's not running the ball nearly as much. He's actually throwing the ball a lot. He threw for over 300 yards last week against Oklahoma. I didn't know that guy had it in him, to be honest. And look, we know what Texas Tech does. But they do it well. They throw the ball all over the yard, but they do it really well. Alan Bowman is back after puncturing his lung, I think, for the second time in two years. He's back at quarterback. But, man, what a collapse down the stretch against Texas last week. Kansas State is definitely the better defensive team. But even though Skylar Thompson's improved at quarterback, I just I don't think they're running it well enough, and I'm not sure they are built to sustain the passing game long-term. I, I just don't know if, they can, if that can be their identity long-term. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. But I just it hasn't been a long time. So I, I'm, I'll believe it when I see it over the course of a couple games. They've only had 157 yards rushing combined through two games. And one of those games was against Arkansas State. So I'm not confident at all in this one either. I'm not. But if I got to make the pick, give me Alan Bowman and the Red Raiders to outscore Kansas State. So, yeah, give me the Red Raiders to pull the ever so slight upset here. All right. Back to the SEC. I know I'm all over the place, but my order seemed to make sense when I was organizing the episode, so I apologize. But back to the SEC. We got Ole Miss at Kentucky. Ole Miss played well last weekend, and I'm interested to see what they can do against a better defense on Saturday. I really liked what I saw from the Cats against Auburn, and they won that game in almost every way possible except for on the scoreboard where it counts. I'm Wait, you're still in my line. That's my line. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's not my fault you said it. But it's first. true. It's true. It's right. It's true. It's true. True nonetheless. <sighs> All right. I'm choosing Kentucky with the win and cover. This is also my lock of the week if I have to have one. Alexander, what's your pick? Yeah, I think so, too. Um, it's interesting. So, like you mentioned, Kentucky played really well. There's obviously a very controversial call on the goal line that totally changed that game, I think, and frankly, in the first half of that game, Kentucky pretty much outplayed Auburn. They held Auburn to, I think, a total of 280-ish yards. So they played well, but obviously they weren't able to pull it out. Um, on the flip side, you have Ole Miss, whose offense looked incredible. But like we said earlier, their defense gave up over 600 yards. I do trust um, Terry Wilson. He looked solid even in, in defeat last week. A big wrinkle for them is that uh, Joey Gatewood, the transfer from Auburn, uh, has been ruled eligible. So I think you might see him in some packages. I think they might find a way to use him. Um, so I think they win, I'd say maybe two scores, like a 31-21 type of game. All right, awesome. Tyler? 
Okay, so I this is a game where I'm going to slightly disagree with you guys. I, I want to have I'm trying to have an upset special every week, and I think this might be my upset special. One area where I, I've agreed with you on just about everything you said, Alexander. One thing I'm, I'm going to disagree with you here on, very respectfully so, is I, I don't trust Terry Wilson right now. It, as Now, in 2018, he protected the ball very well, but he wasn't dynamic. But you know, after what I saw against, against Auburn – I mean, I think you make a strong argument that he lost that game for them with the interception, like on the one yard line, and he fumbles in the start, the start of the fourth quarter. No, he's not even touched. He just drops the ball. I think you can make an argument that he cost him the game. Now, that could just be a one small snapshot in time, but man, I, I certainly lost some confidence in Terry Wilson at that at, at that point. He kind of looked rough in his first game back from back from that patellar tendon injury, which is a rough injury. But and you, you're right, I, Ole Miss can score. We know that. The lane train's already speeding along in Oxford, at least on offense. But I do question, like, yeah, we I think they're going to be good all year on offense, but are they going to be as good as they were last year? Are they going to be putting up 600 yards on, on all these teams they're going to face throughout the rest of the year in the SEC? I, I don't think that's the case. Um, and, and I do still like this Kentucky defense. They, they, they lost the game to Auburn. They held Auburn to 324 total yards in that game. And, and Ole Miss has a ton of weapons. I mean, so I like this Kentucky defense, but Ole Miss does have a lot of weapons. you got Elijah Moore that went for over 200 against Florida. Florida's supposed to be DBU, right? At least that's what they tell us. Jerrion Ely at running back, that dude's a stud. Matt Corral played really well. He kind of He's much more of a fit for Lane Kevin's offense. I'm interested to see if they can find a way to get Plumlee involved because that guy is just an athlete. I think they need to try to find a way to get him involved. They're not going to go for 600 yards against Kentucky, but I do think they're going to put up some yards. I do think they're going to put up some points. Kentucky had issues stopping Seth Williams at times last week. And Elijah Moore, I think he can do some of the same things. And again, I just it comes at the Terry Wilson for me. I'm not sure I trust the guy coming back from that injury yet. I just don't think he's dynamic. I think unless Ole Miss shoots themselves in the foot like Kentucky did last week, I just I don't know if if Kentucky's going to score enough points. I do like that defense, but I do think Ole Miss is going to put up some points. So if I'm I'm looking for an upset special, I'm taking this one here. Give me Ole Miss to win outright on the road. All right. Next up, let's talk about Oklahoma that lost to Kansas State last weekend. Of course, they'll still end up in the playoffs because it's Oklahoma, and that name carries some weight in the football world, as we all know. The Sooners are favored by a touchdown at Iowa State. I think Oklahoma will rebound after the embarrassing game last weekend, so I'm going with Oklahoma to win and cover. Alexander? Yeah, I feel the same way. I think Oklahoma's uh, going to bounce back. Their biggest issue uh, last week was just turnovers. Uh, they actually played pretty well. I think they, th- they threw the ball well yardage-wise. They actually played good run defense. They had 117 yards on the ground, but they were minus four in the turnover column, and that's going to kill you anyway. I mean, they're they're up 21 points before they kind of collapsed in the second half. I think I think they bounce back. I think they win a relatively high scoring game. I mean, it's Oklahoma. Their pass defense is just horrendous. Um, I think they, they win a high scoring game, maybe 45, 31, um, two score game. I feel pretty confident that they're going to bounce back. And if not, I mean, there's no hope for the big 12. If every team is giving up 45 points a game. All right, Tyler. Yeah. Look, Matt Campbell. One thing you got to say about Matt Campbell right now is that he, as the head coach of Iowa State, has been really competitive against Oklahoma. Now, he's lost some games he shouldn't lose, like, oh, I don't know, to Louisiana in week one. But he has been really competitive against Oklahoma. They've actually covered all four years that he's been on the job in their games against Oklahoma. They won one of them, but they've covered all four. 
The three games that they've lost, they lost by an average of seven points. So from that perspective, this number is dead on with Oklahoma as a seven-point favorite. But I, I'm with you, Alexander. I think this is a bounce-back game for Oklahoma. I think this line, honestly, this the fact that Oklahoma is only a seven-point favorite, it's two things. It's number one, Iowa State, the past couple of years historically, has, I don't say had their number, but, but been very competitive with Oklahoma. And number two, I think this is just an overreaction to last week's loss to Kansas State. I think this is one of those classic overreactions. They were up 28-7 in the third quarter, and, they, and you're right, turnovers blew the game for them. They were certainly the better team, but they just blew it down the stretch. And Brock Purdy, Iowa State, I've really liked him in the past, but I haven't been overly impressed with him this year. I don't think he's been the same guy so far this year. Um, but Brees Hall at running back, like he's been the star for them this year. It's, it's been all about Brees Hall in his sophomore year. But I just, I right now, I'm just, I don't know if I'm buying the Iowa State this offense right now. And I, I watched that that game against TCU like every snap last week because that was my lock of the week. And I just, like, I always say they had their moments, but Brock Purdy, like, he's just not playing the same level he did his first two years as a starter. So I, I don't know. I'm just not buying that. And Spencer Rattler, yeah, he made some really, really, really boneheaded plays against Kansas State last week. And, and he that's going to be expected, guys. This, this is his first year as a starter. I think he's going to be very good. He's still very, very talented. But he's also mistake-prone right now. But – as long as he doesn't kill them like he did last week against Kansas State, at the end of the day, I just think Oklahoma is far too talented for Iowa State to stop, especially when this Iowa State offense is really not clicking on, on all cylinders right now. So give me Oklahoma to win and cover the seven. And you know what, Charlie? Lock it up. It's my lock of the week. All right. Now for the game you've been waiting for. UGA is a one-touchdown favorite at home as they host the Auburn Tigers in week two. This Which is, is weird. This is definitely going to be interesting considering we're used to watching the dogs play cupcake games or lower-ranked SEC teams. This Maybe South Carolina week two, traditionally, yeah. This early in the season. And we played Bandy first last year, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. I think Georgia's defense is going to shut down Bo Nix, but I am concerned with how many points our offense will be able to score. Um, hopefully practice has been productive, especially for the offense this week. With that being said, I'm picking the dogs to win and cover. Alexander, what's your pick? I have a lot of thoughts about this game. Wow. So, uh, this isn't my idea. This is something I got from, uh, from Josh at two, four, seven sports. So he kind of put the Georgia game in perspective last week. So imagine if you switch halves, right? So imagine if we start the game with Stetson Bennett, and we score, I think in the second half, the, the score was 32 to 3. So let's say we go up 32 to 3 at half, and then we put in Dwan Mathis, and he does what he did in the game, right? Just kind of boneheaded stuff, young player stuff. But we still have the same score, 37 to 10. You would feel a lot different about the game than we do now, because it's kind of alarmist, right? Because when I first saw this line, I was like, how are we favored by a touchdown? What does Vegas know that we don't know? Um, so I think if you look at it, uh, like we were talking about in the last game, Auburn's offense, they, they put up almost 30 points, but they didn't put up that many yards. They didn't look that great last week. Um, then you put them up against our defense. Um, I don't see them scoring more than two touchdowns. My primary concern with Georgia, more so than quarterback play, is offensive line play. Our offensive line did not look impressive last week. Things did things opened up a little bit in the second half, but for the over the game we still had 120 yards and 
on, on 40 plus carries, average under three yards per carry, which is concerning. You know, the fact that we couldn't just line up and gash Arkansas for five or six yards every single play is concerning. So for me, my big fear in this game is uh, is Auburn stopping our run, and then we're in a situation where the mailman has to throw the ball 35 times. So that, that's my concern. So I'm confident that the offensive line play will be better, um, but I do expect this to be a, a low-scoring, typical Georgia-Auburn game where we win, but I, I don't think we cover. I think we're going to win 21-17, play it safe, try to run the ball, don't make mistakes. But I'm, 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 I'm confident we'll win, but I don't think we'll cover. All right, Tyler? I love everything you said there, Alexander. That's a great breakdown. And that was great stuff, pulling what, was it Josh Pate, right, from 247? Yeah, and that really put it in perspective. Because if, if you flip it, and, like, yeah, I mean, Dwan Mathis, the penalty, I mean, the penalties, the offensive line play, the mental mistakes, but if you kind of look at that as garbage time and the time with, with uh, Stetson Bennett as the real time with our starters, you have a much different feel for the game. Yeah, I actually totally agree with that. It's a really interesting way to look at it. It absolutely changes the perception if you look at it that way. And, and to kind of add to that, one of the things I threw out earlier this week is if you go look at Pro Football Focus's grades, I mean, most people, I was most the, the average college football fan on the street, if you stop and ask them, all right, this Georgia Auburn matchup, who has the better quarterback? They would say, oh, yeah, Auburn, Bo Nix, hands down, right? But, and again, small sample size, theme of the week, right? But in this small sample size, according to Pro Football Focus's grades, Stetson Bennett actually outperformed Bo Nix last week. Now, I know it wasn't against Kentucky's defense. I get that. But by about 10 points in his grade, he outperformed Bo Nix. So I think if you look at what you what you mentioned there from Josh Pate and just kind of throw those kind of things in, into combination there, I think it, it kind of paints maybe a different picture than what, I think your average college football fan thinks of Georgia right now after week one going into this game. And, but look, we do have issues. I'm not going to sit here and say that we don't. Like, I, I think I would be foolish to pretend that we don't have issues on offense. And I, I agree with you. I was saying, I think offensive line is my biggest concern right now. Quarterback, like it's, I'm not completely unconcerned about it, but I'm much more concerned about the offensive line. We've got to find a way to be able to run the football. And the quarterback will certainly help that by being able to, to be more of a threat in the passing game and put defenses in actual run pass conflict. But the offensive line, we got we got some issues to figure out there. But one thing that I'm that I really am looking at in this game, it gives me a little bit of confidence heading into it. And I, I don't have a ton of confidence, but football is a game of matchups. And I really like the matchups in this game for the Bulldogs. Yes, the offensive line did struggle, but here's the great thing: Auburn's defensive line, as far as I'm concerned right now, I haven't seen any disruptors, any game changers on that defensive front like they've had in years past. You basically just have to game plan your your entire scheme around them. And I, so I just don't think that defensive front is going to be able to exploit some deficiencies that we might have up front on our offensive line right now. And then if you look on the other side of the line of scrimmage, I think our defensive line might have a chance to flat out dominate the Auburn offensive front and make Auburn one-dimensional offensively. And one-dimensional teams – Guys, they usually don't win football games against teams that are more talented than them unless that one dimension they have is truly an elite dimension. But as far as I'm concerned, that just ain't the case with this Auburn passing offense. The scheme with Chad Morris is, is it is more advanced than what Gus Malzahn was running, but it's still very much a work in progress like our offense is. And Bo Nix just has not convinced me he has anything more than, I mean, I don't know, like just an athletic guy who's 
who's a pretty good college quarterback. Maybe he can grow into more than that. And maybe he throws for 400 against us this weekend and win. I don't know, and I'll have to eat my crow. It's possible. But I'm just not going to buy it until I see it. I need to see him do it before I really buy into it. And I haven't seen him do it with any sort of consistency. I also think offensively for us, it's imperative, especially to help out whoever it is that comes out there at quarterback, it's imperative that we get George Pickens more involved. We need to build our game plan around him and work off of that because we might have to compensate uh, for some offensive line issues. And if, if we build the game plan around George Pickens, who I think is our most talented player offensively right now, then if teams overcompensate for that and they and they pay too much attention to him, I do think we have some other weapons this year that can hurt them if they try to take George Pickens away, which I don't think was necessarily the case last year. I think we have guys like Kiaris Jackson. We'll see what Jermaine Burton can do if he can actually make sure he's consistently run the right routes. Matt Landers look pretty decent. I like what we have at tight end right now. I think we have some weapons that can hurt them if they just try to focus on Pickens and take him away. And I, the quarterback situation here is what I would say. I, I don't think we are good enough at quarterback right now to think that we're just going to go out there and crush Auburn. The word I'm getting is that it's likely to be Stetson Bennett right now. And I, yes, he did perform well in week one in about two quarters of action, but like we all know this Auburn defense is better than Arkansas. Like that's just, they're not, that's not the Auburn defense of last year, but they're better than Arkansas. And, and I'm also hearing that Dwan Mathis, there's a good chance he's going to get some time as well, which I'm okay with. I, I, the more I go back and watch our game from last week, the more I look at Dwan Mathis and say, you know what, maybe you weren't as bad as I thought you were on that first watch as I was watching it live. Now, he wasn't great, but as you mentioned, I was entered the penalties, being uh, put in, the, in, in third and long situations, not being able to be consistently protected by the offensive line when plays were there that were going to be big plays down the field. I think that kind of hurt our perception of Dewan Mathis, and he gets lit up. And, of course, he, he wasn't the same as a runner after that. But I don't know if that's really what Dewan Mathis is. I don't know if that is the true Dewan Mathis. And with JT Daniels, like, I know he's cleared, but, like, who knows at this point? I'll, I'll believe that he'll be out there when I see it. But I do think our elite rush defense can, can really just stifle. What, what I think is – I mean, it's already an average at best rushing attack that Auburn has. And I think we can make them one-dimensional – hopefully get them into some third and long situations, which is a situation that Bo Nix just does not excel at. So I'm with you, Alexander. Give me the dogs to win a tight one. I don't think we're good enough right now offensively to blow anyone out unless we have some big-time defensive and special team scores. But I'm just not particularly confident in this one with the quarterback situation combined with those offensive line issues. So dogs to win a tight one, but I'll split the difference here, and I'll take Auburn to cover. All right. That's all I have. All right. Well, that's it, folks. Alexander. Awesome job, man. We really appreciate you jumping on board here and on, on such short notice, man. You really saved the day for us. Yeah, no worries. And it, yeah, anytime you guys have another uh, another open spot, definitely consider me. I mean, I, I enjoy it. Oh, dude, you, you, absolutely. You you and Josh are up there. We got Cliff. We got a bunch of guys from last year that are up there. But you are certainly going to be one of our first calls. There's no doubt about it, man. You killed it again today. Yes, we appreciate you being able to do it on such short notice. Yeah, no worries. And I mean. I'm sure you guys get told a lot, but I mean, you guys are my favorite podcast and just having like a, a kind of a hardcore Georgia podcast. Those are hard to find, especially with the quality content you guys have. So keep doing what you guys are doing and yeah. Awesome. And go dogs. You are far too kind, man, but we, we really do appreciate that, buddy. And thanks again for all your support. You support us on, on social media. You're always there interacting and we, we really appreciate that, buddy, but have a great Saturday. Enjoy your football. Let's go dogs. Go dog. Have a good day. You too, man. All right, guys. Again, that was Alexander Pierre coming in hot today, bringing the goods. Had a lot of fun today, as we always do on these pick shows. 
We'll be watching all these games closely on Saturday to see if Charlie can maintain her lead for another week. Who knows? Maybe she'll extend her lead. We'll see how it all plays out. But if you haven't made your picks yet, if you're in our Pick'em League, go ahead and get those picks in for your chance to join us on the podcast next week. Thanks for listening, guys. We always appreciate the support. For Alexander, for Charlie, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.